Welcome to Let's Talk Football with me, Chris. And me, Richard. The podcast bringing you the latest in football news. Every week we discuss all the big talking points from the world of football and discuss all the action in the week to come. In this week's podcast, United end Arsenal's 100% start to the season with a 3-1 win at Old Trafford. Ivan Tony scores a hat-trick for Brentford as they beat Leeds. VAR controversies bring, bring big criticism at the multiple games over the weekend. And now the transfer window is shut. Look at the hits and the misses. Oh, with that to talk about and some sentences that don't work. Um, let's let's talk football. Hello, everyone. Too many B's together there. What? There was only two. <laughs> bring big criticism. That's the only words you had to say. Oh, dear. Right. Hello. Hello, everyone. It's podcast time. Uh, right, um, let's go to Old Trafford. I'm not messing around. All right, we really aren't messing around, are we? Yeah, we really aren't messing around tonight. Let's let's uh, let's talk uh, the greatest football team known to man. Oh, please! I mean, I take, we have to take these moments while we still can. I'm afraid because we don't know how long it's going to last. Jesus! Four game, four games in a row. Yeah. I, I'm not used to this at the moment. No, I've no, not seen this get, yeah, for a long, on, long time now. Very giddy. Very giddy. Up to fifth place now, you know. Nosebleed section. Yeah. Table. Who, who knew Man United were, were, were that big, eh? You're massive. Everybody you're does. Massive. We are massive. <laughs> of course we're massive. Oh, but yeah, it was it was quite the game. It was a nerve-wracking one. Very feisty game as well. Yeah. It was a proper... It, was, it felt like a proper United-Arsenal game, yeah, that one. It did. Had, had a bit of bad it. Had a bit of fight. Well, that's what we're seeing, I think... You know, I think between Malassia and Martinez in particular, they they seem to have brought that edge back into the team. Yes, yes there was lots of fist pumping and lots of chest bumping when things went yeah, well. But, it, but even like even like the bite in the tackle and the aggressiveness of the play, yeah. when you know, it it seems to squ- just come from that area of the pitch for us. Those two in particular, you know. That just seem to be getting on it. I think Scott McTominay's playing some of the best football I've ever seen him play. Yeah, so I wonder what Casemiro can do to somebody, isn't it? Well, yeah, but it's like <laughs> he's come in. Scott McTominay's like, well, I best put my ideas up then, isn't I? I best, I best actually show everyone that I'm actually a footballer because this was who's unheard of last but year. But I think it but, goes um... back to what you've said in the past. Obviously, you had Scott McTominay and you have Fred next to one another. Two very similar mm-hmm. players. Now you've yep. got Scott McTominay and Christian Eriksen next to one another. Well, that's it. That's it. And and I got laughed at when I said that Christian Eriksen was going to play central midfield for Manchester yeah, United. He's playing a blinder at the moment. Every, everyone kept telling me, "Oh no, he's just there for backup for Bruno." And I was no, like, no, "No, he can play. He can play in central midfield. A player of his quality. Yeah. He can, play, can do that. He can play as an eight as well as a ten. Yeah. yeah, he's he's very he's been very good and. Just get him on the ball. That's what we've yes, been missing. He, that he can ping a pass, Christian. We know that. Yeah, yeah. That 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 ball through through a defence or through a midfield to break that line, yeah. you know. And he seems to be building this understanding now with Bruno. Yep. Where it's just like Ericsson knows. I just you know, it doesn't matter how I ping it in, as long as I get it to him. And then he he'll can, get, take it on the yeah. half turn, and he'll and he'll do something with it. And you know, Rashford's goal was the first Rashford goal was. The epitome of yeah, that, because of that, because they they linked up together and played him through. Yeah, yeah, and and the Anthony goal, of course, as well. Yeah, that was what a finish from Anthony. Yeah, 
that was just to, calm. What a way to mark your debut. Yeah, just come in. Do, do it best. Anthony's have a have a knack of doing that on debut. They, do. they do, yeah. Martial did it against Liverpool. I've seen someone actually just edit Martin Tyler's uh, commentary of the Anthony Martial goal <laughs> and just took off the Martial bit yeah. of it and just played that. Well, seen that guy. Premier League, Anthony Martial, I remember that. Yeah. So um, it was it was nice to see. I mean, obviously, I thought Arsenal were brilliant. Actually, they were in they phases. Were. Yeah. Uh, and then and then they just and then and then Arteta just lost his head. Yeah. Just gave the game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking when because we go two one up. Yeah. They were still bossing the game. Yeah. He throws everybody on and everybody's yeah. out of position. And then they, yeah, you know yeah. they don't really understand the shape that they're in. They're off and then all of a sudden. You've got Saliba trying to play offside, not realising Ben White or whoever was come on for Ben White was behind him. Yeah. Uh, and then Ericsson just goes, oh, look at this. I look like I'm a 70-mile-an-hour speed merchant running through an Arsenal defence. <laughs> Let's be fair. That's not the first time that Christian Eriksen has run past a few <clears throat> Arsenal players. No, I'm be I'll bet you've seen it a few I times. I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean... But even that that third one, then it goes through and Rashi's. I'm so pleased for Marcus Rashford. Yeah, that he's found. He's his finding form. himself yeah. again. He's finding himself. I don't think he's. I don't think he is there yet. I think that's. Scary I think that's yeah. something to be scared. Well, yeah, to be worried about if you're ever team. I don't think he's. He's quite back to his right, best he's yet. He's got his confidence now. His confidence is starting to build, and and to be honest, this season, his three goals. I mean. I've, I thought every, on every occasion, there's two particularly the way he ran through. The one against Liverpool when he was one on one with Allison, and the one against, uh, and then the, the one where he goes uh, when Bruno Fernandez plays the ball with the outside of his boot. I didn't think he was going to miss. No. Whereas 18, I mean, for the uh, last eighteen months, as soon as he's got in front of goal, you're like, oh, he's not going to score, is he? Yeah, but I think I think that's it. I think I've heard a report as well that he's turned around to Ten Hag and says, "Play me through the middle." Yeah, he wants to be the number nine. Yeah. Play me through the middle because I don't think. I don't think why uh, he can do something out there, but I just think he was lost a bit out there, where he's just like, well, I can't. I suppose when you've got Cristiano Ronaldo playing as your number nine, you kind of don't want to get in his way. You kind of want to stay in your lane, sort of thing. I think it was more of he's he's not you know he's he he played his whole life growing up as a centre forward, right? That's what he did, and he's learned that craft from right when he was probably 14, 15, yeah. or whenever he might be even younger than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right when he joined into the first team, yeah. you know, he was playing centre-forward, and it wasn't really until... Van uh, Gaal? No, it was after Van Gaal. No, it was probably Solskjaer, probably the end of Mourinho, really, yeah, when Mourinho, he started to play yeah, out wide. Because he, he played up front a few times under Mourinho, to be honest. Mm. I remember he scored a goal against Hull or whatever. Yeah. Um, in the last minute. So, you know, he played centre forward a lot then for even for Mourinho. Um, but I don't think it wasn't it wasn't really until Ollie came in, I think, that he properly went out wide yeah. a bit more. because um, it was mainly Martial used to come through there and Martial's like, We're playing me, I wanna be a number nine, well, they all wanna be they all wanna be a, a centre forward. They don't wanna do the work. Well no, they don't wanna do the work no. up and down. They don't wanna do the running. <laughs> That's what it is. I don't wanna do the running. So yeah, I think it's. It, I'm happy he's finding himself again. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Let's just hope it's a sign. Well, from a United perspective, anyway, let's hope it's it's a sign of things to come from him. I thought we were, I thought we were dogged. We had to be. We had to dig in. We had to dig in because they played well show for, a bit. for the first twenty minutes. Arsenal, they were all over you the first twenty minutes. Obviously, but, they get the goal disallowed quite rightly. Well, no, the first, the first, the first ten fifteen minutes, I thought we were on top. It wasn't until they had the disallowed goal that the Arsenal then took over. From, from from how I saw it, and then we hit him with the soccer punch, get the goal, mm-hmm. and then Ar- Arsenal at that point didn't panic. They just carried on. They kept getting on us, yeah. and they get the equaliser. And I think at that point, I think either the players on the, you know, I think they thought, oh, we're going to win now. Yeah. yeah, we got the goal back. We're going to win. And then when we hit him again with the soccer punch, Arteta's panicked, mm. throwing the kitchen sink on the pitch with twenty minutes to go, which was way too early. Yeah. Um. Especially away from home. It's a bit of a naivety from oh, Mikel Arteta. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't necessary, and I think you know the players then thought that oh, we have to, you know, we've got to go forward. And I mean, potentially really, they thought really messed with them. They'd overpower you, maybe. Yeah, but not with the players they brought on. They didn't exactly bring no, on any. I mean, you know, we brought yeah. we brought Casemiro and Fred on, and I think Fred, when Fred came on, he he changed the game a bit because he was getting in in amongst them and and stopping them a lot more than what. Uh, Ericsson was doing in particular. Yeah. I mean, Scott was Scott was playing more of a an interceptor role rather than a, a pressing role, I'd say. Yeah. At times as well. But when Fred came on, I thought, oh my god, this is this is what we need from Fred. And he was being the link rather than being the holder, he was being on the front foot pressing and then going on. Yeah, I did notice I think, he was in the box a couple of times. I went <laughs> Yeah. But I think he had to be because, you know, he came on for Sancho, didn't he? Yeah. And then, you know, when we're countering, we need we needed the options. Um, and I've seen some people say, oh, maybe it was him bringing Ronaldo on that thought Arsenal were going to, that made Arsenal think, oh, okay, we ain't got to worry so much about him behind now because <laughs> Ronaldo's on. But I don't buy that because, yeah. you know, Rashford was still on the pitch and, you know, you'd still got to worry about him no matter how many people he brings Even off across Harry the front Maguire line. Even Harry Maguire got on. Harry Maguire got a game, gave away a foul before he touched the ball. <laughs> but to be fair, I don't necessarily blame him for that. I thought he got sold a bit short, yeah. but... Um, yeah, and came on, but I just think overall we we're looking we're looking better we're looking better, but we're not there. No. We're not we're not even close. I don't think to being yeah, where we need to be. Better than what you were. You know, Ars- Arsenal looked more of a unit. Yeah. Going, you know, attacking wise, uh, possession wise than we did. But I thought our character and our togetherness is starting to shine through a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know, when you when you think about after the Brentford game, where's that come from? Yeah. Well, we've seen some home truths were told. Yeah. And things have picked up. Indeed. So yeah, positive move forward for us. Um, can we keep it up? We've got obviously Europa League this week, and that all starts. So it'd be interesting to see now how the squad starts yeah. to rotate. Now it's going to be the tough one for the top seven. You know, now we're going to be playing yeah. two games a week for the next six weeks. Well, right up yeah. until the World Cup, isn't it really? Uh, pretty much. I think obviously we're There's playing only one week up, break, and playing up until the international break. Obviously, we get ten yeah. days off there, and then we're back in. Yeah, but I mean, all the players, most most of the players are going to be playing yeah, yeah. in that in that period, aren't they, for their for their national teams? Oh, last chance to get on the plane to the World Cup. Well, indeed. So we'll see how that goes. I think Arsenal will be Arsenal fans as salty as you expect. <laughs> I've seen a few things, but I think I think overall they well they're happy with their team. They just want to blame everyone else apart from them for their faults. Yeah, um, nothing to do with VAR for them though. 
No, no, absolutely not. I mean, we're going to talk about VAR a bit more in a bit oh, when we go Jesus. through all the various things that happened. We might as well just go through that all in one go, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, no, it was it was a it was a foul. Yes, it was definitely. It's a foul. You've you've tackled him from behind. You've gone with a your inside leg when you should be going around it. What are you doing, Odegaard? It's it's clumsy and it's a foul. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, soft, you have to wonder why it foul. wasn't blown up at the time. Yeah, that's the thing that I find strange. Oh, why well, have you let that go? Yeah. But it came. Luckily, luckily the goal came fairly quick after it. Otherwise, it, yeah. it wouldn't have gone back, it to, it, have gone it? back to it. Would it? So we take those. Indeed. Uh, right. So that's uh, that's Old Trafford. Uh, let's. I want to talk about Ivan Tony. Yeah. What a good hat trick. Good hat trick. I mean, one of those was superb. The little chip. I mean, the goalkeeper was yeah. miles out of his goal. But yeah, yeah. The, the composure. Ivan Tony showed up. Yeah, because he's a. Uh, I think last season he showed signs of what he's about, mm-hmm. but I think he was still probably trying to settle into the league. Yeah. But I think you know this season he's really starting to muscle himself about. I mean, United. He was great against United. Yeah. And he's shown you know in other games he's strong and he's he's starting to find his feet in the Premier League. And uh, it might be a bit of a moment. For him now to kick on to another level. I mean, you know, the World Cup's coming. I was going to say, we were, going, we were talking about making a late dash. Ivan Tony may well make that late dash. Well, he could do because you think about the centre forward options that we've got. I mean, Calvert Lewin can't stay fit. No. Um, Tammy Abraham you know, and him. Tammy Abraham. Uh, you know, Rashford will want to be through the middle, but he he's not. Has will Rashford be able to do enough between now and? And then to be able to get himself back in the England set up properly. Yeah. And I think there's a real opening for Ivan Tony yeah. if, if Southgate obviously Southgate thinks that he fits. Obviously, Touchwood, there aren't any injuries to any of the key players. But yeah. yeah. Obviously, if you're in form, you should be in his thoughts at least. It, absolutely. There's a, there's a good opportunity, I think, in that centre forward position. Yeah. As for Leeds, they um, just press the self destruct button. Yeah, it was a bit weird from Leeds. <laughs> they've been a bit, they've been a bit like it though. They, they seem to be, they seem to be like Leeds of Bielsa a bit. They were so open. Yeah. In fact, they've seems got a very symmetrical standing at the moment. So they've won two, lost two, drawn two, ten goals for, ten goals against, ten goals against. Yeah, yeah. So um, lovely bit, of, lovely bit of work from Leeds. There. Maybe that's why they conceded the. Maybe that's why that you know they conceded it like the way they did. They wanted it. I mean, we'll give Leeds the benefit of the doubt that that's what they yeah, wanted to Lisa do. Just picked his pocket, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, they 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 don't seem quite right. And I was a bit surprised that Leeds actually. I mean, we're going to talk about the transfer window again in a bit. But I was a bit surprised Leeds let Dan James go. Yes, me too. But especially to Fulham, yeah. that seemed a strange For one. More game time, but I thought he was playing for Leeds. <laughs> Well, yeah, he played <laughs> half the game. He, he started two two games, hadn't he? I think yeah. for Leeds it, it was a very this season and played well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he didn't. He didn't even did he, he did he get in the Fulham for, team? For Fulham. He made the bench for Fulham, but that might just well. Obviously, he's, he's only just joined. Yeah. He'd only joined on the um, day, but yeah. yeah. So odd. Yeah, do you know, I quite like Dan James as well. Yeah, it was an odd decision. Yeah. I, I like Dan James. He's, he was a hard worker and he can cross a ball. He can. I can now, and I I can now say, what... though, his end product is dreadful at times. 
it can be at times at 100 and that was his problem at united um he so he showed the signs that you know that he could could do it but the consistency just wasn't, wasn't always there, there for him but he'll, he'll run up and down he'll run up and down oh, for you Christ, all day long run, yeah he'll run all day long for you but yeah and again that's what i was a little yeah. that's why i was a little bit surprised at the time when united let him go at the time yeah. because he didn't have many players we didn't have anyone doing back. that for us but i think you know i think it was when we brought sancho in yeah i think he saw that well my playing limit my playing time might be limited but again he'd, he'd started a lot of games for united early season as well that's the third transfer window in a row in august that dan james has moved on deadline day yep good work Dan James <laughs> likes to move. He likes to move on deadline. His day. agent loves him. His agent absolutely loves him. <laughs> but Dan, where are you going next year? <laughs> I need to pay. I need to pay. Uh, I need to pay my mortgage on my holiday home. Yeah. So no, that was good. I just, yeah, I just wanted to mention Ivan Toby. This week's going to be a bit of an odd one because obviously we've got a few big things to talk about. Um, but so other mentions from the other games, I think. Because uh, we're going to get onto VAR separately, I think. Oh, I want to mention McAllister for Brighton was in. Oh, amazing! I thought he played very, very well. <laughs> very, very well. Did you know he's Argentinian? No, I didn't. I thought I'd... I did. I thought the commentator made a mistake when he said he was Argentinian. I looked it up and was like, no, he is Argentinian with a name like McAllister. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is though, it is odd because of the way that it's spelt, yeah. right? Because it's Mac M A C, and then there's a space before Alistair. Yeah. So I kind of get that. Okay, that's not. Scottish, or you know, but it is it is an odd odd thing to see. Yeah. You do automatically think Scotland, you do. don't you? You do absolutely, yeah. But it played very very well. Very well for Brighton, yeah, very well. He deserved his hat trick, but we'll get onto that get in a bit. That, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about your lot? Let's talk about our lot, my lot, your lot, my lot, everybody's lot. Two nil up. No, no definitely not everybody's definitely lot. Definitely not everybody's lot. Two nil up. Quite comfortable. Yep. Mitrovic scored an absolute blinder. Um, we could have had five or six before we get there, to be honest. Fulham were okay. They tried to play mm -hmm. football against us, which is always dangerous. I thought they held their own. Well, they did. I yeah. mean, yeah, 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 in terms of having hold of the ball, I mean, obviously Tottenham created way more. Yeah, we did. But I thought yeah. on the ball, I thought Fulham held, held their own quite, you know, for spells in the game. Richarlison was so unlucky with a shot in the second half. On the volley, hits the foot of the post. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> that right in front right of me. Right in front of me. I thought that's goal of the season right there because the technique on no, it not. was all for us. Has to, go, has, to go, yeah. has to go in the net for it to be yeah, goal of the but season. It, oh, it was so close. But yeah, no, good yeah. value for win for us. And um, onwards and upwards. Onwards and Man upwards, City hopefully. <laughs> Man City. <laughs> And see for you, but Villa gave you hope. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Villa, Villa, Villa got a point. Uh, City, although you know, and last season you, you did all right against them. We touch wood. We we normally do quite well against Man City. But they didn't have Haaland last they season. They didn't have Haaland. No, and he scored yet yeah. again. They didn't. This they didn't have a Haaland. They didn't have a Haaland last That's... year. This year they have a Haaland, and everybody's everybody can get some. Yeah, everybody's on notice. I mean, he scored two hat tricks in a week, folks. He, no, he scored. He scored a hat trick in about seventy minutes of football. Yeah. When you break it down, it's over the two games. Yeah. He's in the space of about seventy minutes. He scored. He scored six goals. Yeah. Ridiculous. That's scary. Yeah. Just the one at the weekend, though. 
Just, just the one just at the, the villa. One. Just the one. But again, the movement for his goal, fantastic. Oh, he's fantastic so good. Movement. He's so good. And then when you've got people like De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva and Grealish, it's just easy. Yeah. I mean, because now they can just hit an area, can't they? They haven't got it. They, you know, they haven't got to be precise as they probably would have had to have been with Jesus to get into his feet, so he can, you know. Pay off him. Yeah, no, that, Harland, Harland can they can jump. just throw it in. Yeah. They can just yeah, they can put it in the box and he can go. Yeah. He, 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 you know he's going to attack it yeah. one way or another. He's insane. He's too good. I, I dread to think what it's going to be like. I mean, we've got the derby at the start of October. Ooh. I don't want to know. No, there's, there's nothing about that. Where's Roy Keane? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need. On the pitch, hopefully, before before the I game. Mean, yeah, yeah. Roy Keane yeah. will be will get memories. But anyway, yeah, Leon Bailey, I thought they were good Villa. Yeah. You know, they worked they, they worked, worked so hard, hard the ball. To, yeah. to defend and you know that they, you know it's not like City had loads of chance. I think they had about four shots on target is, overall. Yeah. Which is so quite important. It for wasn't them. It is, exactly and that's that I think that's I think that tells you how well that Villa were defending as a as a because 'cause they've had a tough time. They needed Lately. a result like that. Yeah, they needed something to yeah. get them going, and hopefully, you know, Gerard's getting under more and more pressure at the moment. Yeah, because that would have been four uh, defeats so... on the bounce if they'd have lost that. Admittedly, they would yeah. maybe expected to lose that one. Exactly. On so to come away yeah. with it at Villa Park with the fans behind you, they'll all be happy, you know, and to get the goal that comes brings them back into it rather than conceding a late yeah. one helps with the helps with the atmosphere, doesn't yeah. it? After the game, it keeps everybody up and. Hopefully, as you say, they can kick on from there. Indeed, indeed. Right. Uh, I mean, I think that's it really from the games that I, I really want to talk about. I'll just run through the results quickly so you can hear them. Merseyside derby, nil nil. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea beat West Ham two one. Palace, Newcastle, nil nil. Fulham with a good performance actually against Forest. First game after Scott Parker. Bournemouth. Probably should have mentioned them. Bournemouth, you said. Fulham. Um, as I say, Fulham. Sorry, my bad. I meant Bournemouth after losing Scott Parker. Um, come back, get the win. Yeah, great result for them. But Forest have got to get these players to jail quick. Yeah. Yeah. 20-odd players they brought in the transfer window. Two, I think, at last count. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, Wolves beat Southampton. We got bad Southampton this week. Yeah. And then Brighton-Leicester, we talked about McAllister's performance. In there, so let's get on then to some rather controversial VAR decisions that happened this weekend. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, goodness. There me. was a lot. There was a lot. Uh, obviously, we're not including the one at Old Trafford because it wasn't controversial. No. It's just a foul. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just a foul, guys. Uh, let's start with. Uh, let's go back to the beginning of the weekend then. Merseyside derby. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Van Dyke's foot challenge high foot yes or no did he did he leave one in i mean he left one on him yeah yeah 100 percent. was did you think it was dangerous enough to warrant a red it card was quite high on his ankle it was you know uh, it was between sort of ankle and knee wasn't it it, it, it did seem a little bit but i um, i was a bit more yeah, I don't know. I just kind of felt, uh, you know, when he, when he's in there, yeah. the ball was sort of there. Um, it got not obviously it got knocked away, so it looks worse than it, it is yeah. because the ball got knocked away from him, and I think he's just coming in. Mm-hmm. 
It's a tricky one for it's me. It's an orange I, I card, wasn't... that one. I think. An orange card. Yeah. So not a yellow card, orange not a red card. one. An orange card. Orange card, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but okay, <laughs> fine. But it's not it's not bad enough. It's but bad enough to be a yellow card, not bad yeah. enough to be a red card. It's in the middle. One of them ones. Oh, it's a yellow card then. It's a yellow card, but yeah, it's yeah. it's one of them ones that I've seen red cards given for it. Yeah, I agree. It was it was a little bit, a little bit on the high side. Yeah. Well, given they I were complaining last year, obviously Jordan Pickford and the challenge on, I forget the oh, it's Virgil Van Dijk, wasn't it? Yes. The challenge that they yeah. had in this particular fixture last year, mm. you know, it's six of one, half a dozen the other, isn't it? Indeed. You won't hear Jurgen Klopp screaming for it to be a red card this time. Absolutely not. But uh, yeah, you can see why I can totally see why they didn't go back to that one. Yeah. Uh, next on my list, then. Um, there wasn't anything in Brentford Leeds. Chelsea West Ham then. Che oh my word. Should, should West Ham have had their equaliser disallowed? No. Okay. 100% no. You can see that he makes the mistake, Mendy. You can see yep. that Jared Bowen tries to come over the top of him. Does he catch him with his foot? Maybe. I don't think he does, actually. Until I think he's just down. jumped over him. Yeah. yeah. But, but I think Mendy issue, grabbing his issue... shoulder is completely pathetic. Yeah, and but that was the problem, wasn't it? It wasn't necessarily that the ref thought it was a foul. Yeah. Or that the VAR thought it was a foul. It's that the ball was in the box and the goalkeeper was quote-unquote injured. Yeah. And so they have to stop the game. If that is the case, so the fact that the ref didn't stop the game and the ball went in the back of the net—that's what VAR called it back for, I believe, was the decision. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily that there was a foul on Mendy; it was the goalkeeper was injured in the box yeah. while the ball was there. If he was injured by that, he needs to man up. Yeah, I don't think. I think he. he He's, I think he was. He knew uh, he dropped a clanger, and yeah, covered it up, basically. Exactly, and he got away with it. West, West oh, Ham should feel very hard done by. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if there's any question of that, it, that that's a goal. You know, obviously, we're talking about VAR and the sort of the ups and downs of it. That could be yeah. a very big point come the end of the season. That could it be could the be, difference between given, West Ham being in Europe and not. Especially given the start that they've yeah. had. They haven't had the best of starts. I mean... I think Europe for them at the minute. Yeah, know, but I'm they just need to using just that as an example. Their form. It's <laughs> concentrate on getting their yeah, form right it, first. It could be the difference between them being from in A or B. Yeah. Yeah. It's a straight. It was yeah. It was a dark. You got they definitely got away with them. Yeah, and he's. Oh my god! I don't understand this whole. Let's go and have a look at the monitor, and we'll overturn it as soon as we go over to the monitor. Michael Oliver did this weekend. No, he didn't. He was probably, I think, the first one I've ever seen. That went to the monitor and went, no, I'm sticking with my decision. Yeah. It shouldn't just be a categoric thing of you change your mind because you've gone to the monitor. It, I, th I think I think the issue is, though, is that, you know, when you've got someone in your ear going, oh, you might want to have another look at that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That puts the doubt there in the ref's mind, doesn't it? But you should, have the, the but you should have the courage of your convictions to go, yeah, but it's, it's the, I've made it's that the trust decision. in your. 
Yeah, but it's the trust in your colleague, though, isn't it? Right. Yeah. The tr having having that trust in your colleague. Go well. He's a professional as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not in. They're not in the ground in the atmosphere. And I've heard that, heard that con conversation happen actually around VAR. Was that one of the people think it's an issue that uh, VAR is you know cold and away from the game and can't see the emotion of the game. And I actually think that's, imp I think that's, that's the important thing about yeah. it, that they are away from that. Yeah, that's why it's all at Stockley Park, and it's not yeah. in the ground. Yeah. Uh, you know, not understanding the flow of the game, understanding this, well, that doesn't help govern the laws of the game, does it? You know, that doesn't help uh, enforce the laws of the game, does it, emotion? That's... The trouble with VAR, and I've said this right from the start, the trouble is one mm. person's opinion against another person's opinion. So a referee yeah. on a given day will go, that's a foul. But on another mm -hmm. weekend and another referee will go, that's not a foul. Yeah. And people are talking about how um, are, how things aren't clear and obvious. You know, oh, that's not clear and obvious. Yeah. Well, to the guy who's looking at the VAR, looking at Bletchley Park, looking at it, might turn around and go, well, that's clear and obvious. That's a foul. <laughs> to them. Yeah. Because they're just... To them, oh, that's you've missed that. That's that's to me, that's blatantly a foul. And this is where the Premier League have fallen down, in my opinion, because we've gone by our own set of VAR rules. We're not following UEFA and FIFA's guidelines. Yeah, I think that's always been the problem. I think, you know, we when it was first brought in the World Cup 2018, everyone was like, oh, okay, yeah. and then everyone was like, oh, okay, we get this. But we'd like to Makes be sense. different in the in England. Yeah, we, we have. We to think be we're different. special. We're not. We're not. We have to follow. The same the thing rules is, as everybody else does. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, though, FIFA put a lot of work. FIFA and well, yeah, FIFA mainly wasn't it. Put a lot of work and effort. It's IFAB, I think. Into, yeah. IFAB, yeah. Put a lot of work and effort into getting it right. Yeah. So they did a lot of studies. They they did a lot of things, and the Premier League did didn't, didn't do anything other than watch the World Cup yeah. and go, "This we go, is what we're, we're going to do gonna instead." Implement it, and we're going to use this set of rules. Yeah. Yeah, but actually, the work and the groundwork as to how it works best. Yeah. Had been done. It'd been looked at. It'd been studied. So why tinker with it? So, they just do that. Absolutely agree with that point. Um, it's, it's daft that we're we're still three years into this VAR lark, and we're still making mistakes. Yeah. And they're yeah. And, and they're they're not just small mistakes. They're big mistakes. Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, at Newcastle there was another one. Huh? I mean, you can clearly see he got shoved. Will Willett gets a shove in the back. And he fouls the goalkeeper. Gets thrown into the goalkeeper. Yeah, gets thrown into the goalkeeper. And uh, uh, Willick, it was Willock's foul. foul. Foul by Willock, apparently. Yeah. And it should have been a penalty. Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, how, how <laughs> who in their right mind has gone for that and gone, that's a foul on the goalkeeper? Oh, obviously, don't get me, don't get me started yeah, on and goalkeeper's I, protection and things like that. Cause I'll be I, ju day, I but... just, well, I just think the, um, I just think the VAR ref or whoever... Just got a, a bullet line. Oh, Willock's hit hit the goalkeeper. Yeah. So then, so then paid no attention to, to what happened to Willock. Yeah. yeah, it's like they didn't even look at what Willock had done. Yeah. It's like they were just watching, or what happened to Willock, I should say. They were just looking at Willock's movement. Yeah. You know, oh look, he's gone into the goalkeeper, and and, and that's, that's a foul. Reason, rather yeah. than looking at the fact that he got shoved in the back while he was in midair, yeah. and, he's and, in and collided with the goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just not right. That's a penalty yeah. in my book. Amazing, an amazing stat for St James's though. Forty-two attempts on goal, not one of them in the back of the net. Wow, <laughs> that's special. 
unlucky to buy. That was across both teams, wasn't it? That was it? across both teams, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff. But yeah, no. Uh, we really desperately need to... They need to either change how they're going to approach it, which I don't think they're going to do mid-season. I don't... Because, obviously, no. you can't change the integrity of VAR halfway through the season. We've kind of maybe just got to grit our teeth and go, right, it's going to be a bit crap for this season, but next season we'll get it sorted. Well, well the issue is, though, is there needs to be a recognition yeah. that from 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 the referee side that there are changes that need to be made. Yeah. Obviously, because they apologise for the Newcastle that, thing, I believe. Yeah, if they, don't, if, they, if they don't see it, they did. I think Lee Mason's been took off the yes, list for has, this weekend yeah. as well. So, you know... There are things, you know, they do realise this, and it's good that, you know, and they they seem to be getting held to professional standards because overall, refereeing has improved. Yeah. Over the last ten years or so, it has. But I think you know. now we rely too much on the technology. Well, this was always the day, though, yeah. when everyone used to say, "Let's bring the technology yeah. in." You can't, you can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't have. Because a lot of people are doing this now. Just, oh, well, we should just get rid of it altogether when they're normally the ones who are probably crying because the decision went the wrong way, saying we need to use technology in football. Look at it all in these other yeah. sports. To be fair, I was always one for goal line technology because, I've, as I've always said, if you score a legitimate goal, it should be given. Obviously, it didn't happen yeah, in the good. championship this weekend. Huddersfield had a goal ruled out that shouldn't have been because it crossed the line and they, mm. someone was in the line of it or whatever. Yeah, this man's still salty about Mendes, isn't he? I can tell. <laughs> Roy Carroll didn't let that go in but, the net. We all know it. But that's the thing. Goal line technology, fantastic. It has come in, and goals that balls that go over the line, goals should be given. We need to get to the bottom of why VAR is not working. Do we need to change well, it? It's only in England. It's only in England. Yeah, because you never hear about it in other countries. Or even even in European competitions, it very rarely gets. It very rarely gets a oh my god, they've dropped an yeah. absolute clanger there. Yeah. Yeah, and in the women's Euros and the Euros last summer. Yeah. So we. There was no problem. There's no I don't problem. Know what they, it's just. Yeah. Just did the Premier League. Just, it's just did the Premier League. There seems to be issues because they can't fundamentally change it now. We have to wait yeah. till the summer to do that. So. Mm -hmm. but we'll see. Yeah. We shall see what they come up with. I'll get, I'll um, okay. Now. Yeah. So we need to we need to, we need to crack on. We do need to move on. So let's have a chat then about the transfer window. Yeah. Obviously, some deadline day moves happened. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Anthony technically was a was a uh, deadline day signing, although although it was announced beforehand. Yeah. Um. A lot of money spent in the Premier League this summer. Getting yeah, it close enough to two billion. Close to two billion pounds, one of the biggest ever. Cost of living crisis. Yep, that's happening. Yep. Don't worry, football's keeping the economy running. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ridiculous, really, when you think about it. But it just seems it seems that we had a couple quiet years where the market seemed to be quietening down and transfer fees seem to be dropping down. a little yeah. bit. And then all of a sudden, this summer, mm. gone, it's gone meant gone yeah, crazy. Well, the seem to be the only league in the world that's got any money. Yeah, yeah. but not anymore because they're all we've paid for clubs. For, like, the Dutch era of Adersi, Ajax in particular, are loaded. Yes. They've had about 140 million off United this summer. Yeah. But that's before the add-ons. Yeah. I think they so are Ajax talking... Are rolling in the cash. I think they are talking about bringing in a cost cap. 
because something has got to yeah, be done. Yeah, but the thing is, my my opinion is actually, if you can afford it, then why not? Well, it's all well and good saying that as Manchester United. Yeah, but if you can afford to do it, then why wouldn't you? And actually, other clubs benefit from it. Yeah. Because like Ajax, Ajax wouldn't have dreamed of getting eighty-five million pounds for Anthony. No, they're bloody laughing. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> it's it's not just you you know United get ripped off because of the money that they have, yeah. right? So and and that same happens elsewhere too. It's not just United. You know, when when other clubs are seen to be desperate, they don't want to lose. You know, they don't necessarily. You know, they can afford not to yeah. let the player leave. It's got to be a big money offer that comes in. If you want him that by supply and demand, then yeah. if you want yeah. something bad enough, you'll pay the money, right? So I, I never have a problem with that as long as it's affordable. Yeah. So that's where things around sustainability, financial sustainability in football needs to be solidified properly, yeah. like real properly, not none of this fake ffp stuff that doesn't work for anybody do you know that there were a just... few clubs that got a fine for ffp last yeah. week well you know but barca are the ones that are oh, they're obviously taking the mickey. yeah yeah with 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 la liga you know they can't register five players but we're still going to spend a, a load of money get them in and then worry about it later yeah. i think i don't think i just don't think that i just i don't know how well, the thing is it's difficult and it because you in some ways, I kind of want to say, well, they shouldn't be allowed to buy a player until after they've solved the issue with their pay cap, with their salary well, cap. That, that should that be, been that's put the on. right thing they should be doing. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know legally, you know, the only way that La Liga stop them is by stopping them registered as a player, right? But it's too late at that point if he's signed his contract, he's there. Yeah. And I don't think legally there's a way of stopping someone. Well, I mean, you can you not allow a club to register a player. It's within the yeah, but that's what they do. Structure. Yeah, but, but that's yeah. it. And it, yeah, but it, it, physically, him sign a contract and then belong to the club, he can still do that bit because legally, there's nothing to stop them doing that bit. But that's the bit that's the problem. Yeah. You should. There shouldn't be. You know, there should be some sort of embar. Well, some sort of embargo on that. But it's legally, how does that stand? Because you know, they're offering employment to a footballer. The issue is around con- contracting a player. Yeah. So they can contract a player and, and not be able to register him. Yeah. That's what they've been doing. And that, I think that's the problem. Yeah. They need to stop being able to sign these players onto contracts before they've before, before they registered them. Yeah. Before they before they you know, before they've got down to the level that allows them to register them. Because you know, they've hoard, they hoarded all these players. They did it last year as well. This isn't a thing that's happened this summer. They were doing it all you know, they were doing it all through COVID with with, you know, the pay deferrals that you know, and I think legally what they've done to their own players is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, they made them defer payments and then gone, well, no, you're going to have to agree a salary reduction. Yeah. That's bonkers to me. That, like, you know, you've deferred the payment. Yeah, fine. I've deferred the payment. I've done my thing to help you through this. And then they go and spend millions and millions yeah. on new players and then don't pay you what they owe you. Yeah, no, that, that's, the, like, that's the dark bit. That's, yeah. something, that's something else that needs to be sorted as well for them. For the footballers and everyone go, yeah, footballers earn a lot of money. Yeah, they do. But at the end of the day, Barcelona agreed to pay them a certain amount of money. And they're not paying them to them. And they're not paying them. They're not standing by that. So I don't understand why they haven't all gone for breach of contract. Yeah. It seems easy peasy. Because then you could walk into a courtroom and go, well, they kept saying they couldn't afford to, but then they paid this, this, this out. I suppose it would <laughs> take someone to do that. Obviously, with the Bosman ruling from years ago, 
obviously he wanted to get himself out of a contract at the end of it. Yeah. And obviously it changed football in terms of a player could leave a club yeah. for free at the end of his contract. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that makes sense. You should be able to, it, to do what you thing. want to do. Sure. Yeah. But I think, I just think this whole thing with with Barcelona is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Mental. Absolutely crazy. Um, so if we look at, yeah. if we look at some of the, well, so if you were to say what was some of the best signings in the summer, what would you go for? Ooh. Who would you say is your up there? Your maybe top three, top three signings, signings this summer? Because we all know we're both saying Haaland. Let's exclude Haaland because okay. he's the win. We'll That's now, the big maybe. W. We take that. Haaland's Haaland's the best signing <laughs> on another level. Forget about it. You, got, you know, if we were doing like a tier list, a YouTube tier list. Okay. He's got his own class, yes, he the Harlan class. Definitely. Right? <laughs> That's up there. We know that. That's guaranteed. So under that then, what are we saying are the best the best signings that we think were made? Aronson to Leeds is a good one. Hmm? I like that. I like him yep. because he's a good player. Um, yeah, he's done well. Yes. Yeah, started well as well, which always helps. Nick Pope to Newcastle. I think yep. it's a good thing mm. for Newcastle. They've needed a steady number one for... Quite a while now. I'm going to say Connor Cody to Everton from Wolves. I know it's only a loan deal, but that's a good bit of business for Everton. Is I I thought that as well. You know, I think that's a really really useful signing. You know, because he's a leader. Okay. He, yeah. Yeah. He's he's a leader. But he'll know. He knows the city well. Yeah. He'll know what that club means to its fans. Yeah. Um, you know, everything about it sort of just makes sense, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Absolutely. Um, and he and he's a very good centre half. Let's not yeah. let's not forget <laughs> that he he is actually very good at what he does. What would your three um, be? My three, I think, in the long haul, I think Jesse Lingard will be a good signing for Notts Forest. Okay, yeah. Over the season, I think that Zinchenko to Arsenal. Yeah, he was kind of four or five for me, but yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I think I think he's going to make a big change to the way. That they operate, yeah. uh, and then I think the last, the one of the the top tier ones for me, I think Sterling going to Chelsea. I think okay. I think that's an absolute snap for Chelsea to get Premier League proven, you know, world class player yeah. in Raheem the Dream. Raheem the just dream. Raheem the Dream. It's true, but it's just like I just it's actually a really good deal. Yeah, it is for Chelsea. Yeah. And it was good for Sterling. He needed the move. He's actually played really well for them. You know, he's he's turned up. He's scored, scored some goals already. He's in amongst it. Yeah. And I think they needed. They need. Well, he said. Well, they did. He said. Well, they needed. They didn't necessarily need it, but he's an improvement on what they had in that position. Oh, in that sort of left going in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. They needed to get um, a top class winger in, and he's definitely in that yeah. category. Absolutely. But I think. Um, Hopefully, hopefully come the end of the season, I'll be able to say Martinez is an absolute piece of joy. Uh, Malassia could turn out from a United point. Of view, I'm just going selfish now. So from a United point of view, if Malassia can turn around and show those what he showed in the early season, if he goes on to do that, then he could become like a signing of the season. So we'll see. We'll see how it all pans out. But no, I think everyone, I think most clubs did well. Leicester have had an absolute shocker. They did bring a couple of players in on deadline day, but yeah, they needed so they many did. more. 
They needed. They needed I mean, more. You can, only, needed you can see by the game against Brighton of the weekend, they were yeah. dreadful. Yeah, it's just they're just gone. Uh, I don't know what Brendan does to turn that round either. Pulls on his you sword, know, he, probably. He might end up doing that. He might end up doing that if he can't get some stuff around. But I think again, like I was saying last week, he's been dealt a bad hand yes. because they haven't. They've. You know, I think in the game against United in the program notes. The chairman had put in there that they'd had to tighten the purse strings this year. Yeah. So this was fully expected that this was happening. You know, and I think there has to be some level of understanding on Brendan for Brent for Brendan Rogers yeah. on that front. Yeah, they're not gonna sack him. I think that's that's a probably a big thing. They're not gonna sack yeah. him. Is he gonna walk away? He may well depends do. if he gets yeah. if something else comes up though, then it, it depends what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends what. So yeah. Overall, it was a fun transfer window. Lots of nonsense. The Frankie de Jong saga didn't end. Well, it did end, but not the way anyone thought it might. At one point, he was ending up at three different Premier League clubs at one point. And the only thing we got right from last week when we said what might happen on deadline day, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Is anyone yeah. we got right? <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised. Well, I did hear that Newcastle were looking at a few things. Yeah. And they were th- were they the ones linked with Marcelo? Who was that? Who was linked with Marcelo on transfer sure. deadline day? Yeah, I, I, but, yeah, I didn't hear he ended that. Ended up at Olympiacos. Marcelo ended up at Olympiacos in the end. Blimey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a culture so, yeah. shock. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So yeah, good work, Premier League, for keeping us entertained. Uh, right. Uh, do you want to text around the world? Let's go around the world, shall we? So we start this week in La Liga where Real and Barca continue to lead the way after wins over Real Betis and Sevilla. Villarreal are only the only other unbeaten side in the league. They beat Elche. There could also be a change at Sevilla. Maurizio Pochettino is being touted to replace Julian Lepogi. I hope I've said that right. I probably haven't, but we'll see what happens there. In Serie A, the Milan derby saw a win for AC in an enthralling 3-2 game. Atalanta are the surprise early leaders after beating newly promoted Monza. Jose Mourinho's new-look Roma were dispatched at ease by Udinese 4-0. There's an even more unusual name at the top of the Bundesliga in early season. Freiburg leading the way after beating Leverkusen. In France, PSG continued to lead the way, but they are level on points with Marseille after both sides won. The Premier League Foreign Legion, a.k.a. Nice, Lost 1-0 to Monaco, but fear not, Nice fans. Ross Barkley is on his way to try and help you out. DC United have finally stopped the rot after a 0-0 draw with the Colorado Rapids. LA Galaxy striker and former Manchester United player Javier Hernandez had the chance to win the game through side, only to try and fail with a Penenka. A funny story from the FA Cup qualifying rounds where Blackfield and Langley FC goalkeeper Connor Masco was sent off for weeing in a hedge. And finally, a wonderful story from the EFL, tinged with a bit of sadness. Jay Stansfield made his debut on loan from Fulham for Exeter this weekend. His dad, Adam, had played for the Grecians, scoring 39 times in 160 appearances for the Devon club over four seasons. He sadly died of cancer in 2010. They retired his number nine shirt as a mark of respect to him, but they bought it out of retirement so Jay could wear it. So let's see if another Stanfield can make his mark on the football world. Lovely stuff, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you, the Javier Hernandez thing, I saw it. It's dreadful. 
You know, the first thing that came into my mind was that clip where he misses a penalty for United and Van Gaal just looked at Ryan Giggs. <laughs> like, that's the first thing. When I saw it, I thought, oh, that's... Louis Van Gaal is doing that look again right now. Right now, yeah. Right now. I mean, the Stansfield yeah. story is amazing. It is a special story, yeah. that. Hopefully he's going to do Lovely well. Lovely stuff. Right then, so Donis. Donis Avdijaj, football manager, wonder kid from 2016. How do you think he got what? on this weekend? How do I think he got on this weekend? Oh, I reckon he's got a goal. He's got a goal in him, Donis. Go on, Donis. He, had, he, he did pick up a noteworthy thing on the match report. Oh, Another yellow card. Another yellow card. Yeah. Another yellow card. You see, always on the sheet. Always, always on the on sheet. The sheet. Just not in the right place. They yeah, lost. Got to be on the score sheet. Two one to Logano in the last minute. They lost as well. Oh no. So, yeah, but they did move up a place. Winter turn. Who the who are the side directly in contact with them at the moment? Have got a worse goal difference than they have now. They do take on Arsenal on Thursday in the Europa League. We'll let you know how that. Oh, happens. hat trick for Donis. Patrick for Donis against the Arsenal. I can I see it. Be lovely, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh dear. Go on, Donis. Come on, the Donis. Okay, so I mean, hopefully Donis can pick something up. Uh, but should we have a look at the weekend's fixtures? This weekend, so we are in match day seven. We are flying through the Premier League season as it stands. So we start with the West London derby at twelve thirty. Fulham taking on Chelsea. Brighton take on Bournemouth, Southampton take on Brentford, Liverpool take on Wolves, and Leicester take on Aston Villa at 3 o'clock. The 5.30 game is from the Etihad, Manchester City taking on Tottenham. The 2 o'clock games this weekend, Arsenal take on Everton, West Ham take on Newcastle before the 4.30 game, Crystal Palace versus Manchester United. And Monday night football returns this weekend with an old Premier League classic, Leeds taking on Nottingham Forest. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. And of course, there is the big fixture this weekend. Me and you'll be taking much more interest in than most others. It is the start of the WSL. And the opening game is Tottenham Hotspurs versus Man United. At the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. At the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So get yourself down there. Indeed. We shall be covering some M some WSL action next week. Indeed. And of course, Russo and Tooney are going to put you to the sword. I've no doubt they are. Yeah. Right, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, don't forget, you can always get in touch with us at Let's Football Pod is where you can get in touch with us on Twitter. You can email us, letsfootballpod at gmail.com. Uh, we will be back next week with all the action from the Premier League and elsewhere around the world. So, but for now, we'll see you all very, very soon. Bye. Bye.